Introducing Royal Caribbean's newest ship, Icon of the Seas, the ultimate family vacation. The ultimate six slides, eight neighborhoods, zero compromise vacation. The ultimate never done that, can't wait to do it vacation. The ultimate chillin' by a different pool every day of the week vacation. This is the Icon of Vacations. Icon of the Seas, arriving in 2024. Book today. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. Trying to pull up the two-for-one score at the end of the half and get the ball to start the third quarter. Pass caught by Thielen. Uh-oh. And he launches the ball at the 13-yard line. And it's picked up. If it's a live ball, and it appears to be at this particular point, you got Lattimore coming the other way, and he'll take it to the 32-yard line. Obviously, that's uh, probably the biggest reason we lost the game. Um, when you're having the momentum, going into the half, um, you're going to score points, and then you get a chance to get the ball in the second half. Uh, that's, that's a huge play. and can't happen, and um, obviously I'm going to take ownership of it. And... Uh, um, obviously, uh, not happy about it, uh, but I'm gonna try to try to keep uh, doing what I uh, can do to help this team win. And obviously, that wasn't it, gentlemen. I I know that I'm probably the most optimistic and or homerish of the three of us here. You Man, never. Manny's a little bit in, in in the middle, probably I'm right down the middle. Yeah, uh, and I'm not like I mean I'm not purple dinosaur Homer, but I did get literally got four words into Judd Zolgad's headline off of his game column from yesterday four words into the headline and said i disagree <laughs> that's what i wanted that's a beautiful thing actually i take that back Wait, four it, words it was three words because you only put your last name on the uh, headline hammer so it was it was only three yep. words in the first word is zolgad yep and the next two words are sinking ship question mark question mark sinking meant to ship Sinking ship. Sinking ship question mark meant to say, wow, what's going on? I wonder what Judd thinks about tonight's tilt you, against you know, the New Orleans Saints. You know that your first iteration was two exclamation points minimum. That's and not then true. someone talked you off those <laughs> my, into a no, question mark. No, my first, my first headline started with something along the lines of Zimmer, blah, blah. And I thought, no, you know what? I need, I need something catchier. Sinking ship. Now, now, if it had been sinking ship colon, then you sound the alarms. <laughs> Because then, then you've lost four in a row. That's why we call you panic, right? Jack, thank you very much. Manny Hill's right. But, I'm, but I was questioning if panic was necessary. Sinking ship. Hmm. Pontificating. Okay, but is it a... You think it's sort of a sinking ship, though. I don't know where it's going because of how they lost this game. But okay, That's hold the on. honest... No, I'm just telling you. That's why I, I don't know where this is going. But they... So... Okay, this is gonna. I'm. I'm not apologizing for a horrible fumble. Kirk Cousins' brain malfunctioned at least twice in that game. Stefan Diggs cut off a route inexplicably, and I get he was explaining. I was just. I was. I was trying to help him, and I. And I screwed things up by not continuing the route. But let's just narrow all this down. They're going to make mistakes in games against the Saints, so you can't expect them to play perfectly. But if Adam Thielen doesn't fumble, period. If Adam Thielen doesn't fumble. They win the game. They win the game if Adam Thielen doesn't fumble, well, yeah, right? But, yeah, 
But what's okay. your point? He did. So I know he did. Okay. But to say that, oh, because Adam Thielen fumbled, yeah, this is a this is might be a sinking ship Vikings team. It's right. a little over the top. All right. Let me give let me give I get you, that I'm being a homer here. Let but. me give you what I told uh Colin last night on the Purple Podcast of why this loss concerns me. If Holton Hill had just got torched all night, right? If Drew Brees had come in and passed for 400 yards and three or four touchdowns, and Holton Hill was just, you said, oh my God, Rhodes is out and this is awful, I'd say, okay, I totally get it. Totally get that loss. But this was an eminently winnable game at home, in which, by the way, I I know that the Saints tried ball possession and ball control, so Brees' stats weren't great, almost on purpose in some ways. But nonetheless, you did, you defensively did your job. And it wasn't a bunch of backups who cost you. It was your core group of star players on offense who cost you. That's why this loss leaves me somewhat bewildered about the state of this team against good teams. Yeah, I think, okay, on paper, because they're halfway through the season now, so there's some extrapolating to be done here. And, I mean, if you do get into this into this bye week a week and a half from now with a win over the Lions, you'll feel a lot better about 5-3-1 and one than you would about, what, I guess 4-4-1? Four, four and one? What's my math here? No, 4-3... Two, four, it. four, and I got one. It right here, four. It'd be four, four, <laughs> four and one four if and they one. lost. Four, yes, four, right. yeah. the Bears war- are four and three right now. Yes, but I think on paper, if you would have said, "All right, here's what's going to happen," they're going to lose. Well, for the Buffalo loss is in a different category by itself, but they're going to going to lose to the Rams. They're going to lose to the Saints. They are going to beat the Eagles, but they're going to tie the Packers. You'd be able to say pretty easily, "Oh, you can draw a line across the top of the NFC," and the Vikings aren't one of those teams. And I do think that's where I, th- I think it's pretty clear that Rams and Saints are above everybody else in the NFC. Draw a line, and then Vikings, Panthers, I don't know, Packers are probably below that somewhere. And then you, I don't, there's a couple other teams you could make a case for. But mm-hmm. um, I don't think it's as simple as, oh, man, they lost to the Rams, they lost to the Saints. I watched the way that they played in that game yesterday, and it reminded me a lot of the 2009 NFC Championship game in some ways. We where talked about that, yes. Okay, yeah. if you do ta- tail right. of the tape and don't did it. don't tell. Okay, well, the, you're right. So, the Vikings outgained the Saints by like 200 yards. Yep, uh, yards per play <laughs> was I think 1.2 yards difference per play, which is huge over the course of a full game. That's a that's a big gap. They out first downed the Saints 27 to 17. Drew Brees only threw for, what, 120 yards? Mm-hmm. And it was like five yards per attempt. It was dink and dunk and dink and dunk. And it was these haymaker turnovers. That's One one went for a touchdown. The other one was, wound up being, what was it, a 10-point swing or a 14-point swing? The Vikings maybe scored it. Well, it depends on what the Vikings would have done, I suppose, yes. on their drive at the end of the half. Yep. So, I don't know. I, I guess maybe I'm being Pollyanna, but I watch that game yesterday and think, if you replayed that game 10 times... The Vikings win it seven or eight times based on the game flow. And it just so happened that they fired rounds of ammunition into their feet at the absolute wrong time, which also is the Vikings history. So yes, it is. Exactly. I get that too, but I don't, I don't get the sense that it's a sinking ship after yesterday's loss. I still, I, I told Manny this on Ventline and some people in the Periscope comment section basically choked me through the screen. Mm-hmm. I still think this team is one of the seven or eight teams in the NFL that can win the Super Bowl as of right now. I think the Saints have a better chance to win the Super Bowl, and the Rams have a better chance to win the Super Bowl. I still look at this team and say, yeah, the way the defense is back on track and the way this passing game moves up and down, are they the most likely team to win the Super Bowl? No, I'm not saying that. But I think there's like seven or eight teams that can win the Super Bowl. I still think the Vikings are one of them. Talk me off that take. Eight games in, I don't know now. I just don't know. I don't know. I I have. I told you this 
last week or two weeks back. To me, the Buffalo game, I've dismissed, all right? So the Buffalo game is just a weird game. It's out. It's a terrible loss, but it's just out. You won three consecutive games, which very much set me up to, I thought, go into last night with the ability to make a decision about who this club is and what they're about. But because of how the game went, I can't still. If you if Breeze just beat you, I'd say, well, you were missing Barr and you were missing Rhodes and, and Sunday, three defensive starters, two of whom are are probably key, and you just lost because you you were uh, out some key personnel. But because of how that game went, and the one and the one thing, Phil, that I can't judge about this team, and this seemed to be very true in a positive way about the uh, 2017 Vikings, is the mental toughness of this team, which it takes. The mental toughness of this team, and and the fact that. Zimmer had the ability last year to go to the podium and criticize his starting quarterback up and down, and, and I don't think he liked it, but he could take it. And with Cousins, it almost seems like, like we've gone to a kid gloves place of we don't want to criticize him too much. And so that, to me, is is going to become now the key factor, is, is how tough is this team mentally because this year is not easy, guys are hurt, I still think talent-wise, they're really good. Are you saying that they lost yesterday because they aren't mentally tough or that now they need to show mental they're toughness? They're going to have to now. They're going to have to now. I think but, they just have to stop fumbling in key spots before the half. Well, and the quarterback and the QB has to, to do, do that too. And and I also think on the Diggs pick, I applaud him for taking the fall for that, but I also go back and watch that and think to myself, does a veteran quarterback in in a game like that against a key team with the game going to be that small make that throw? Like if you're a top five quarterback, do you make that throw or do you eat that ball? Well, let's let's talk more about Kirk and uh, some of the things from yesterday. Because I think we were screaming some similar things at the TV while you guys were at U.S. Bank Stadium watching. And I just saw uh, Collar and Sage posted an episode of Purple Podcast today, too. So add that to the list of things you can find Vikings-related at 1500ESPN.com. And you know what? Let's do the uh, almost 24 hours later edition of Vikings Ventline this hour, too. If you have thoughts and you want to chime in, 651-646-8255. Sinking ship? I'll throw question a judge's question out there. Question mark? Sinking ship. Um, you can chime in. 651-646-8255. Mackie and Judd now continue. Well, here we are again. Yes. On 1500 ESPN. All right, quick check on your traffic. We've got a crash on 694 westbound uh, near Pine Springs. That's uh, That crashes between... Division Avenue and Ramsey County Road 65. Factor in an extra seven minutes there, but otherwise everything moving around rather smoothly. Gentlemen? A little bit. Let's run a bit. Yeah, they throw it the third most in the league on a percentage basis. Oh. And that's passed off at the 44-yard line by P.J. Williams, uncontested to the end zone. He stopped, though, Kirk, or what, what transpired on that play right before you threw the pass? Because it looked like he stopped the route. Yeah, I mean, I'm playing, so like I'm not watching the replay or anything. So you guys know better than me. Did you see him start? It looked like they were lining him. Yeah, yeah. I'm just, you know, I'm, I'm uh, just playing to play fast, and um, um, you know, we'll, we'll we'll talk about it internally as to what we got to do. Was that you on the first question there? Yeah, that would be me. Trying to get him to throw his team in. Oh, the I just bus. want to know what happened. <laughs> I was just curious what happened. Just trying to stir things up. Uh, you, was, guys, you guys in the media, you're just always trying to stir things up, man. <laughs> Absolution was right there to take. 
It's all Stefan's fault. Uh, I feel like I don't know. Kirk, Kirk Cousins is definitely one. This is this is a sad indictment on Vikings quarterback history recently, but he is one of the best quarterbacks we've seen here in thirty years. Brett Favre nine and Dante Culpepper had a couple of years. He's really really good. But he has about two brain malfunctions every single game that make you scream at the TV or if you're at the game. Uh, the the interception turned out to not really be his fault. He was throwing the ball where Stefan Diggs was running. Now, maybe it would have been an incompletion. Maybe it still would have been an interception. But his intention wasn't make a dumb throw right to a defensive back. It was throw it to one of the best receivers here and see what happens. But to the play that I think Jeb was referencing before the commercial break, when you've got a fourth down... And you're spread five wide, so you have five options to throw to. Unless the other four guys are being handcuffed by defensive backs to the hash marks, only then should you consider looking at Laquan Treadwell. And he seemed to have passed up two open receivers, including the guy who has, like, I don't know, three touchdowns and four catches. Is, is it Aldrick Robinson? Yes, yeah. who he to, actually likes a lot. To throw the ball down the field 15 yards to Laquan Treadwell, who got his hands on it. The, the whole thing actually worked. He got his hands on it, but he's so slow and he can never get separation. I mean, it, I, I was telling this to Manny yesterday, Judd. These defensive backs get called for pass interference on Laquan Treadwell sometimes. How are, how are they supposed to avoid him? They're going 70 miles an hour on the freeway, and he's going 35 in the left lane. Of course you're going to rear-end that car. He's got the junker? <laughs> That's what he is. He's the, he's the old guy, sort of like scrunched down, two <laughs> yes, hands on the much. wheel. Except he's <laughs> like, not old. He's, get out of the way! Yeah. Somebody actually somebody sent here, uh, our guy Andy Persby, former Gophers pitcher and oh. uh, was in the Twins minor league system. He sent us an old scouting report of Laquan Treadwell here. Yep. This is from some website. I don't know. But it uh, specifically references... Things like vertical jump. I don't know, the font's too small here, but it's things like hands and vertical and high point catches. He's a catch winner. Has a natural feel for the nuances of the position until he got to the Vikings, apparently. Here's my question for you when it comes to Treadwell. So the Vikings went for it on their first series of the third quarter. How was Laquan Treadwell on the field? After the penalty he took at the end of the first half, where he threw his helmet, he threw his helmet. That's a that's a third grade move. I mean, that's not if he had tackled the guy and let's say it's a penalty. Okay, that's unfortunate, and, and it moves the ball from the thirty three to the eighteen, and that's yeah. a very bad thing for the Saints. But you throw your helmet and you're not benched for a substantial period of time. And I told I told Phil this last night after it happened. Like if if Adam Thielen does that. Because, you know, he fumbled the ball, was returned back 50 yards or whatever. If Adam Thielen does that and gets a penalty for slamming his helmet down, it's still dumb and it's still boneheaded. But you kind of understand it more because it's like, okay, well, he's just frustrated. He he just made a huge blunder and he fumbled and, yeah, it's kind of natural for a guy to do that. But Treadwell doesn't. It's like, what are you doing it for? What? what, what, what why are you mad? Yeah, apparently Terrence Newman pulled him aside and lit into him, too, on the sidelines, which is great. It's part of the reason why you want Terrence Newman there. That play had but, nothing to do with you, Laquan. Why are you yeah. slamming your helmet on the turf? But in the game against the Rams, Xavier Rhodes, who is a star player, kicked a penalty flag and was benched. And the subsequent play after that was a Rams touchdown because Rhodes was not on the field. So you're telling me that Rhodes gets benched for a play and it costs you a touchdown and when Treadwell does something that dumb, you don't bench him for... I would have benched him for the entire third quarter. Yeah. 
I mean, it's getting to the point whether like, if we I bet, what, yes, I would, whether he was benched ahead. in that moment or not. I mean, yes. like what? What's the? We're, we're, this is the old talent to baggage ratio or output to baggage ratio. Mm-hmm. Okay, aside from a couple catches once in a while that go for eight yards. What value is he bringing you at this point to even be on the field in those situations? I mean, if well, two things. If Kirk Cousins can't identify a super, super huge moment in a game, a high leverage moment on fourth down from midfield in which you got to move the chains here, there's certain guys that are middle of the first quarter, second and ten guys to throw to, and then there's fourth and two with the game on the line against one of the best teams in the NFL. And that list is very short. It's Stefan Diggs, Adam Thielen, and maybe, maybe Kyle Rudolph. But probably go back to Stefan Diggs <laughs> yes. or Adam Thielen, You could right? stop after the first two. Absolutely. And only when you get all the way down to the bottom of your list and everyone else has been has torn an ACL on their routes, <laughs> do you get to Laquan Treadwell. And for some and I don't know what Kirk Cousins was thinking on that. You just can't. You First of all, Laquan Treadwell, catch the ball. And even if a defender's all over your back, put the ball in your cradle hold and go down. Hold on to it. But but why even tempt fate in that spot if you're Kirk Cousins? So that definitely here's my question. Just therapeutic right now. Here's my question on that play in particular. So let me get this straight. It's second and twenty five, and you hand the ball to to CJ Ham for a one yard gain. But it's fourth and one, in which you can try a quarterback sneak, fall forward, give the ball to CJ Ham, who's a battering ram and could just go forward. And in that one, you throw it to Treadwell. I'm confused by that. They did try to run a quarterback sneak on one of those. It might have been a third down, and they got stuffed. Oh, at the goal line? Was it the goal line? Yeah, one? they put they put in that. So. Yeah, they put in a package where they had everyone grouped up, and it didn't work at all. Yeah, uh, Vikings vent line carried over here. If you want on Mackie and Judd six five one six four six eight two five five. It's Mark and Hopkins. You're on the show. Hey guys, uh, yeah, a lot of interesting uh, topics to talk about uh, from last night, especially that last one you were mentioning about some of the clock management issues, but uh, I guess the reason I was calling today, though, was uh, when I watched Kirk Cousins and it throughout the season, and there was one noticeable play last night, was the one where Kirk Cousins gets out of the pocket, he's running towards the left side, sees Cam Jordan or... Uh, Sheldon Rankins, I don't remember who it was, one of the defensive linemen running right at him. And instead of deciding to just throw the ball out of bounds like any yes. other quarterback mm-hmm. would do, just decides, oh, I'm going to you know, take this hit here and then fumble at the same time, even though he was called down. But still, that's besides the point. I look at that play, and I just think he should be just sitting at practice all week because he's good at everything else. He's even good when guys are at his feet and in his face when he's in the pocket and delivering a strike. He's very good at that, but he just does not know how to get rid of the ball out of balance when he's flushed from the pocket. And it's 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 a thing that, Judd, you were talking about last week, is those types of plays that it's like everybody wants to treat him with kid gloves, saying that, like, oh, that's not our major issue, but it will be when it happens in the playoffs. Yeah, Mark, he's he's Eli Manning. We've been referencing the the comparison for a while, but he really is. He does these things like he'll he's he's on pace to throw for five thousand yards, which isn't quite the accomplishment it was even five or ten years ago. But he's on pace to put up these crazy numbers, and even in his bad games, he's still throwing for three hundred yards and a couple touchdowns, and you know, leading the offense and getting Adam Thielen to these career numbers. But 
man, that rollout to the left that Mark just referenced, how many other possible options were there for Kirk Cousins on that play? He Curl just, up in the fetal position would have been one. Find a receiver would have been one. Throw it away would have been one. He looked like he looked like he was completely indecisive. Like yeah. he just did not know should I should I throw it away? Should I run? Should I eat the football and take a sack here? What should I like? Or should I let like, this two hundred fifty pound machine bowl over me and take the ball from me? I, that, I guess that could be an option. I just and I tweeted this out last night, and I had people coming after me last night, and which is fine, whatever. I embrace it. But I just don't know if he can instinctively play the position. I think he's got an incredible arm. I think he can make throws that quite a few quarterbacks in this league can't make because we've seen it. We saw it in Lambeau. We saw it in, in L.A. But I just think that when when the bleep hits the fan and the the, the pocket breaks down and you need him to roll out and make a, make a throw that isn't on schedule or exactly the way the play was drawn up, I don't know if he has it in him to to do things like that, to make something like that happen. And a lot of times you see in games, in playoff games, you see that happen with a lot of these big-time quarterbacks, the Bradys, the Rodgers, the Breezes of the world, even Eli Manning. We've seen him make make plays and make throws when something doesn't go exactly the way they plan. And I've never, I've, I don't know if Kirk Cousins has the ability to do that. And I think that's exactly why he is not in the conversation of the best because he's gifted. His he's his arm is great, mm-hmm. but if his knee hadn't touched down a split second before he lost that ball last night, guys, we are talking about eight fumbles this season alone. So that's that's one per game and six lost. That's ridiculous. Can you can you imagine if they had re-signed Case and Case came back and and had that? Zimmer would be going nuts on the podium every Sunday. Yeah. He'd be talking about this is unacceptable, and we can't have our quarterback doing this. And that's what I that's what I'm saying. the The way that Mike is handling Kirk to me is interesting because I think he's trying to do his best to toe the company line here. But I got to think at some point in time he's going to say we just can't have this yeah. because it is it's going to happen. It's it's happened at key times. It's going to happen at a crucial time, and it can completely submarine you. Of course, but an Adam Thielen fumble can submarine you as it did. I, I I'll stick sure, by what I said. He doesn't fumble that much. Kirk does. That's that's the issue. But again, like if Adam Thielen does what he normally does, which is not fumble in that spot, they do win the game. So I'm mm-hmm. trying to put this into proper perspective, which is yes, Kirk Cousins has flaws and he's twice a game, his brain's gonna malfunction. But all of it was good enough. The defense was good enough. Kirk Cousins was good enough. All of it was good enough if your two star wide receivers don't have these moments of hiccups where yeah. Stefan Diggs stops a route. Um, the good news is, if you're a Vikings fan, the Packers played the Rams yesterday. Go, Pack, go! Everybody's calling Aaron Superman, and, and I've got to tell you, it's sobering because Aaron Rodgers is ranked 10th in quarterback ranking, 13th in touchdowns, and 10th in, in yards uh, passing this year. The team is 13th and third down conversions, and he's responsible for most of that. I think Aaron Rodgers is a major problem on this team right now. I think there is stuff going on between him and and McCarthy. But the bottom line for the highest paid player in the NFL, and I get it, he's injured, but if he's that injured, bench him if he can't do the job 100%. He gives him a great chance to win, I understand. But to be ranked 10, and he's got a completion percentage of 60% this year right now, and that's falling. 
and his QBR of 100, that's barely 100. He is not playing up to standard, and, and I think it's starting to hurt the team. The QBR is on a scale of 1 to 100, right? So he must be passer so, rating. Yeah. It doesn't matter. It's just great. I, love, like, how do you I watch, just love it. How, him. You watch a Packer game and think, yeah, that's the problem. <laughs> that guy right there. That that guy. You, you run the ball up the middle <laughs> against Indomic and Sue from your end zone, and you blame Aaron Rodgers. Oh, man. Bench him. I'll have what that guy. Sean Kaiser. Yeah, I'll have what that guy's having for sure. The Mackie and Judd Show will continue in a moment. So long, losers. On fifteen hundred ESPN. What is it you're trying to say? Now back to Mackie and Judd. What? On fifteen hundred ESPN. For a lot of the season, it seems like uh, clock management and hurry-up situations been a problem. What do you think accounts for that? That's a problem. That I didn't I didn't try to score with 30 seconds left and balls backed up. No, I'm referring to the five-minute drive uh, when you got the ball with nine minutes left. And also, there have been some two-minute drives earlier in the season that... I think you're 100% totally wrong with clock management. Okay. So, uh, I go through it every day. I think you're 100% totally wrong. Oh. A reef getting, getting the Zimmer... Uh hand upside the head there. What's your what's your thought on that though? Because it was a very fair question. I thought we're both questions about, were very fair. So we're talking about when they were down basically by was it three scores with nine minutes to go at that point? That was question two. And the first one that that Zimmer elected to address was the fact that they had two timeouts left. They were backed up a little bit. Where were they? Like, the fifth the twenty? I can find it. I can find it because it wasn't exactly backed up. That's not that's not accurate. They ended the half at their, they got a Mike Boone run for seven yards, 30 seconds left at their 25. That was the end of the first half. And uh, and they were moving the ball up and down. Yeah, I think you have to take, I think you have to at least have some attempt to throw a couple passes in that spot. Uh, I The clock management thing seems like it's gotten better for Mike Zimmer over the four years. Actually, this is a transition into another gripe from yesterday's game that fits more into something that Judd historically gripes about and I pump the brakes on it, play calling. I hate being play calling rip guy personally. I just feel uncomfortable as a guy who's last played football in seventh grade, right? Mm-hmm. Like who am I to question the intricacies of game planning and play calling? However, <laughs> some of this is just simple game theory, right? When it's second down in 25, <laughs> unless you think you have an amazing look defensively where they've only got five guys in the box or something. All right, we're going to hand the ball off and gain 12 to make it third and 13 or something on second and 25. Why are you handing off to CJ ham? (laughs) And he, as expected barrels into the line of scrimmage for a yard. And now it's third and 24. No idea. That doesn't make any sense no, unless it's not. just such a sneak attack. They'll never expect this. CJ Ham and, and like if yeah. they, if they didn't expect it, okay. Let's say let's say John D. Filippo is right. All right. So second and twenty five. I know handing off to the fullback in this spot seems like a terrible idea, but that's precisely why we call the play because they're not going to expect it. So let's say they don't expect it. Well, they're going to catch on at some point. Oh, the fullback has the ball. How far can he really run before? A linebacker or a safety figures out, oh, God, C.J. Ham has the ball. Seven yards? 
six, and now it's probably about yeah third down and eighteen, seven to ten. Yeah. So why call the play? I have no clue. This is from a non-play calling questioning guy. And, but that's why Sam Munson was. We had him on on Friday, yeah. and he he just lost. He just lost it when when Collar brought up the idea of running on second and long. That's why. And again, you're paying your quarterback a lot. You've got two receivers that are great. They're two of the best in the league. And you don't trust it to take a shot at them? Adam Thielen, for the most part. I mean, I, I know he, he lost the ball last night in, in a weird play for him. But Adam Thielen jumped over a man's basically head last night, got up <laughs> over yeah. his head to catch a ball, right? Thielen and Diggs pulling passes that you say to yourself, they can't do that. So at second 25, doesn't that seem like the exact place to throw that type it does. of that type of pass, possibly. Yeah. So it's very. I, I'm with you. Very. It, odd. it seems like the type of time to do literally anything now, except hand the ball to CJ Ham. Now, now I am go- okay. So I will play the role of of Phil Mackey for a second here and defend DeFilippo based on this. Wow. Okay. Based on this one thing, Pat Shermer last year was so damn good that we took it for granted. Play calling is not simple. I totally get get that. Musgrave at times could drive me nuts. But yeah. but Pat Schumer last year, what did we debate a play call? Maybe twice? Maybe? Maybe if that? Maybe not. So the fact is, I think now we're back to a guy who, who hadn't called plays in a long time, who's probably very good, but it takes some time to get back into to the swing of things. And, and Schumer's play calling... In 2017, especially in the red zone, mm-hmm. where I think it's really tough to call plays because it's so consolidated, was so good that it's really simple now to question these play calls because they're not as good. Sure. Because we are looking at, at a guy who, who, if you gave an MVP to to the co- coordinator, would probably be the, the MVP for 2017. Sure. Yes. But, yeah, we have reversed roles here because but this is why I disagree on the John Filippo defense. I'm going to use a baseball metaphor. Shocking, I know. <laughs> there are certain things you could debate and this and this and, okay, like this manager did this bullpen move and you can say, well, yeah, but he was thinking on level three because of this analytics, whatever. If a manager in baseball calls for a bunt in the first inning with a slap hitting number two hitter that he put in the order to get that runner over, right? We know that that's a minus value play in today's baseball. If you're get him over guy in the first inning and you're wasting outs instead of trying to put up crooked numbers. Right. We we know now that's been proven to be a losing proposition and those types of managers are fading out. Just like in football, we now know through studies and and modern uh, offensive scheming on second and 25 Handing the ball off to a fullback. Yeah, you're right. I can't. Is a it. is a punt. Like it's so. <laughs> I give up. You're right. So it doesn't make any no, sense. I, no, you're right. Why are you handing it to a fullback on second and twenty five? I don't know. <laughs> and you've got Thielen Dix. I I can't. It's ridiculous. Forget what I said. All right. I give six five one six four six eight two five five. Jeff in Texas. As long as you don't bitch about the national programming on our station, you have the floor. Okay, I won't. All right, go ahead. And I'm sorry for the wind. I'll be quick. So, Jared, you confused me a little bit in the first hour. You were talking about Zimmer's play calling and then and that transition right into them throwing to Treadwell when uh, Phelan was open and, I'm sorry, the other guy was open. But I think that I think you were trying to say that Cousins had two 
capable guys that were open. Yeah, Aldrich Robinson was open for sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I think that was the beef was with Cousins not throwing to the sure-handed guys. And when's the trade deadline? Is it Tuesday? I'm, I'm just tomorrow, sorry, right? They, tomorrow, yeah. Three o'clock, I think. Tomorrow, Central Time. The Whoa! only thing I can figure away. is that they're trying to showcase Treadwell to get a trade for him because we have other capable guys that should be on the field. Yeah. Robinson and that other number 15. Yeah, Brendan Zilstra. Or if depending on who's calling the game, the other Adam Thielen. Thanks, <laughs> <Yeah>. Texas. <laughs> the other guy looks like him because he's white, too. Tom Brenneman was the guy who mistaked the white receivers. Um, I don't, I don't, I don't, well, that, here's a question I guess we could pose for this week. Well, for the next two days, is it feasible? I, I don't sense the Vikings pulling off a big trade in the next 22 hours. I don't think they, they can salary cap wise, right? Yeah. They're up against it. So unless they, they were going to send a contract somewhere else and I highly doubt that. So no. I think the answer is no, and we ordinarily, it seems like we see more trades in this league now than we did five years ago, but you still don't see a ton. So my guess when it comes to the Vikings is absolutely not. And Treadwell has no value. Like, who's going to trade for Laquan Treadwell right now? Would anyone even give up a seventh-round pick for him right now? I, I, I wouldn't. I got it. Childress's team in the AFFL the Alliance or of whatever American it is. Football. Yeah, how about that? Wow. How about that? You send them to for uh, for a bottle of scotch or something. <laughs> a bottle of scotch that Zim um, can have. Uh, um, or uh, um, and um, um, wouldn't even know, be top um, shelf scotch uh, though. It'd be like <laughs> it'd be like it'd be like ra- it'd be like the rail bourbon or something is what you'd get. Uh, the the official football hour is coming up in about fifteen minutes with Matthew Collar, and uh, we'll wrap with Roycey later on too. You see, we have positive Pat on Twitter. All day today? Oh, it started, been tweeting really? it started Saturday. Okay. Oh, it's going to go, I think it's going to go until 11 a.m. Saturday of this week. Oh, it's a week of I positive I think it's a week pat? of positive pat. Yeah, I, I want to say it's a week of. What prompts this positive pat appearance on Twitter? We'll have to ask him, but I think this is the second consecutive year in which we've had a week of positive pat. It's very disconcerting. Wow, what did we do to get so lucky and fortunate? To have I don't like it one bit. In our lives. Don't like it. <laughs> Mackie and Judd will return shortly. Just a reminder, this station does not endorse this. On 1500 ESPN. Live from the TCL Broadcast Studios, Mackie and Judd are back. Okay, then. On 1500 ESPN. All right, let's check on your traffic. 694 eastbound. We've got a crash in Oakdale. Uh, It's causing an extra 14 minutes on your commute. That crash uh, is near Stillwater Road and 10th Street North. So uh, be on the lookout for that. Factor in an extra 14 minutes on your commute, gentlemen. Thank you, Manny. Yeah, did we mention the Packers lost yesterday? The Packers lost yesterday. Really? I'm looking at this as a big picture, and uh, we're not only not going anywhere this year. We're not going to we're not going to be a Super Bowl dynasty as we ought to with two once in a lifetime quarterbacks. We're not winning the Super Bowl under Rodgers or again in my lifetime. And you want to defend or, or mitigate McCarthy's coaching, but this offense has been dysfunctional and inconsistent since since the NFC title game. So the bad juju of Lance Easley, the, it's like our Tuck Rule game. That game. Since then, everything has been off, and there's not enough time to make up for the bad drafts under Thompson, who's been ill the past two or three years. 
transition into a new coach before Rodgers is done. Okay, that guy sounded almost in tears. Yeah, he got more worked up as the call went along there. But they had an all-time, all-time dumb moment by Ty Montgomery. If you were watching on Red Zone Channel and they're buzzing Mm -hmm. through and all of a sudden it's like, all right, here we go. Rodgers needs a field goal. The conservative play calling of Sean McVay and the Rams leading up to their go-ahead field goal, leaving a minute plus on the clock and a timeout. It was like, no, it was 2.05 on the clock. Yeah. 2.05 on the clock. Yep. And... uh, and Ty Montgomery, forget about the fact that you run the risk of fumbling if you take the kickoff out of the end zone. You also burn one of your team's two remaining timeouts, which is the two-minute warning, by taking it out of the end zone and running the clock under two minutes to get to the 18-yard line. Right, which is, yeah, exactly. Like, sure. why, like, you should be preserving as much time and as many resources as possible for one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time, and this idiot takes the ball out of the end zone but they told, and the ball pops out. They told him specifically, don't do that. And and he had been pulled out of an offensive series sh- uh, shortly before he returned that kick and evidently melted down and so decided on his own bleep you guys I'm taking the ball out. Great decision, buddy. And, and he's still on the roster, which is why Mike McCarthy is in his last season. Go, Pat, go. Well, I can't believe how dumb McCarthy is. I mean, you <laughs> tell your guy to take it in the end zone and take a knee and let your quarterback try and win the game for you. I don't know. I think McCarthy just gave the game to the Rams. Go, Pat, go! I envision all of these callers being Stephen Avery from Making a Murderer. Just all all of them. <laughs> uh, well, you know, the Packers, you know. Making a Packer fan. Yeah, that, <laughs> that should be a Netflix special. This is the end of what we deserve as Packer fans, which is multiple Super Bowl championships. In my lifetime, the 49ers, the Cowboys, the Patriots, the Giants, the Pittsburgh Steelers have all won multiple Super Bowl championships with the same quarterback. And we aren't even in the top one-fifth of the league because of this incompetence. Go, Pat, go! He's right. (laughs) Not even a hot take, he's right. That's the thing about it. Yeah, They're all right. When you go Favre to Rodgers, you deserve multiple Super Bowl titles. Yeah. Think about that. 1992 through now. That's almost 30 years. Right. If my math is right. And Favre has the one, and Rodgers has the yeah. one. Or to put it into a different context, let's put a list of all the Packers quarterbacks over that time, Favre and Rodgers and a couple backups, next to a list of all the Vikings quarterbacks over that time, and say, you've only got two more Super Bowls than this group over here? That includes Christian Ponder, Tavares Jackson, Sean Salisbury, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Matt Castle. A little Brad Johnson for you in there. Twice. A lot of Brad Johnson Twice. In there, Brad actually. Johnson in there twice. Yeah. It's pretty remarkable that they have, <laughs> like, even in the case of Rodgers, Aaron Rodgers is, what, in year 11 as a starter? And he's only been to one Super Bowl? And that was in his third year? Yeah, 2009, right? 2010. 2010, okay. Year after yeah. the Vikings meltdown, yes. And you're, you're going on, if they don't get back, if they don't get there this year, you're going on eight years in a row with that guy as your quarterback, yeah. probably the most physically gifted quarterback this league has ever seen, and you haven't been to the Super Bowl in eight years? And your defense has been 
atrocious to just bad for how long? Why did he resign? Would you guys have resigned? He had he had no. this year and next year left in his contract, and it's obvious well, him and his coach aren't attached let, at the hip. Let's let's wait and see. I wonder if he's been promised some things, which is McCarthy's gone and you get get to help pick the new coach. That I would c- make sense. I could see I could see him moving very much into the LeBron type of role in this league, sort of co GM, because you're right. If you didn't get those assurances. Why are you there? You clearly don't like your head coach. Right. now, And and he's so good in that offense and ingrained in that offense. Even when he's not playing at his best, he's still incredible. Like, we had these callers complaining that he's, well, his passer rating's down. Yeah, it's over 100 still. (laughs) And he's doing it mostly without a defense. But whoever comes in and, let's let's face it, Mike McCarthy's gone, right? Mike McCarthy's not going to make it through. Well, he'll be fired on the Monday after the season's over. And if they go to the playoffs, they'll be fired the Monday after they lose their playoff game. But whoever comes in to coach this team is going to have to run the same offense. You're not going to ask Aaron Rodgers, Hall of Fame caliber quarterback, to learn a new offense, are you? Or, or maybe modify the one that he's learned? Or would he would he take He'd up an entirely it. new offense? No, I don't think so. Because Peyton Manning went to Denver and said, actually, you know what you do on the offense I ran in Indianapolis. Actually, so. gents, what what you do is is if you're smart, you hire a defensive first guy as your coach. Yeah, I was just going to ask. And you say, fix this thing. And by the way, the offense, don't be concerned about it. It's Aaron's. Because I was just going to ask, like, whether it's an offensive coach or defensive coach, whatever, do you go and get a guy who's been a head coach before, or do you go pluck some coordinator off of somebody? Well, okay, let me, curious well, let me see, answer like, that with a question. Go. Wouldn't it also be fun to see Aaron Rodgers with a dude like Sean McVay, where it's, it's obvious that, Okay, there's a new. It's a newcomer, but yeah. someone that is innovative and that could take a great quarterback to an even different level. I don't know. There's all kinds of possibilities, Would but be. Mike McCarthy is probably not long for the uh, hallways of Lambeau Field. Go, Pat, go! For me, the dream is over in this game, and it's cool because I saw a glimmer in the beginning of what we could be. But we had those two swinging out those two those two punts. Mm-hmm. It's the best offense in the NFL, and it's over. There's nothing that can be done, and all that's going to happen is I'm going to watch them, I'm going to get my hopes up again, and then, and then I'm going to realize once again that everything is black. No Super Bowl championship, probably for the rest of my lifetime. I love the lifetime being dropped. Go, Pat, go. He's he didn't sound that old, did he? He's not 70. Oh, he sounded like my age, maybe. <laughs> it's over. We're never going to another Super Bowl again. Oh no! Do you do you know what the Green Bay Packer fans of circa 1978? If you had even said you might have a chance, they'd be like, "Where do you? Where do I sign up?" Lynn Dickey's going to a Super Bowl. Now the rest of my lifetime, I'll never get another from, Super Bowl. From when Lombardi left, yes, to until what Mike Holmgren got there, correct? Ninety two. There was nothing. There was, by that franchise. There was Bart, there was Bart Starr and Forrest Gregg and Lindy Infante. Yeah, and they're about three years from going back to that well if they don't find Aaron <laughs> Rodgers' replacement.